Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 9.09 on this Wednesday morning, final day of January. We're joined now by our friend Jeff Nowak, WWL Saints sideline reporter, joining us live from Mobile, home of the Senior Bowl. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just getting ready to head out there now. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 a good time. We got good weather this year, and that's always nice. So I can get a nice little sunburn in January. I was watching something from Mobile, and they had a shot uh, when they came back of uh, of the Mardi Gras Museum in Mobile. Maybe it was a bowl game. I don't remember exactly what it was. <laughs> have you been to that or not? I have. I have not. I do know. Uh, you know, it is funny. I was in the. The, getting breakfast at the hotel and you know, the, the local news broadcast is on and it's like all they're talking about is Mardi Gras and I always forget that Mobile has this big like ah oh, we invented Mardi Gras thing and it, I get a kick out of it every time but yeah it, they're getting into Mardi Gras uh, I, I'm going to go watch some kids run around uh, on a football field though. There you go. Tell me about what are you watching? What kids are <laughs> running around? You want to start local and then with some of the local talent that's out there and then work out to what the Saints could uh, look for and use and so forth let's start there. Yeah, so, you know, Michael Pratt and Jaquan Jackson are two of the interesting players here, two Tulane kids. Um, you know, the, uh, Michael Pratt's intriguing because, I, you know, I watched him at Tulane. I was never really convinced that he was a pro prospect, but then you look at some of the scouting reports and they'll have him as a, as a mid-round pick. And I think for him, this is a really good opportunity to kind of stand next to or stand across from, really, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, you know, two Heisman candidates, and kind of see how, how he stacks up with them because uh, – you know, playing in the American Athletic Conference, you know, you're not going against the Ohio States of the world, right? Even in the Pac-12, you get some of these premier matches. You don't really get that uh, at Tulane. And even the, the Ole Miss game, he didn't play. So you didn't really get to see him go up against an SEC defense. So I'm really intrigued with him. He's been working with, uh, like, a QB specialist, working on some of the techniques, some of the, you know, the, the, the little things, the, the things that you have to do as an NFL quarterback, be accurate. Um, have to have pace behind your throws, get the ball out on time, on target. And those are what he's really trying to show. And, and the thing about the senior bowl that I think a lot of people don't register is you kind of get worked up about everything that happens on the field. You watch his practices, you get some insight. But the, one of the most valuable things for teams and these players is they all sit in a room and they get to talk and they just get to have conversations. And the players and the teams learn about each other in ways that you just can't learn on film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the Michael Pratt's talking about, hey, I want these teams to kind of get an idea of what I can, what kind of influence I can be in those, in those locker rooms and elevating the people around them. And that, there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, Jackson, the wide receiver, 
he's really intriguing to me. He's just, you know, every team needs that slot guy, that short area quickness. You know, he's not, not going to line up on the outside and be running goes all day, but he's going to be just running these whip routes in the middle of the field, get open, catch balls in traffic. And I think he can do that. Um, both guys are a little raw. Both guys are developmental, but they're interesting. Um, from the Saints' perspective, I really want them to be watching the offensive line closely, and I'm sure they are. This is a very offensive tackle-heavy draft and field. There's a lot of really intriguing offensive linemen here this week. Uh, Talise Fuaga from Oregon State is probably the best offensive lineman here. He might be the best player overall in terms of the talent. Yeah, let, me jump, let me jump in for one second, Jeff, because I'm yeah. looking at the video you posted on Twitter, and y'all can follow at Jeff underscore Nowak, N-O-W-A-K. Um, th- these are not fully padded practices, right? Yeah, they are. They're fully padded. I look like you didn't have pan- any uh, football pants on, but they still go at it? Yeah, I mean, you might be wearing shorts, but they're fully padded. You it's know, live wearing, content. And actually, if you, look really at the, hitting. Yeah, if you look at the football pants they wear now, who you know, it's not even football pants anymore either, really. A lot of them are just wearing shorts and on, on a game day. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, can you really evaluate an offensive lineman from what they're doing with not full contact? Oh, well, I mean, you're, I actually think for, so from a line perspective, yes. I think it actually becomes more difficult with, safeties and linebackers who you are trying to grade their tackling ability and their ability to, to, to you know, get to the, to the right spot and, and get a guy to the ground or break up a ball. And that's where you're not really getting the full contact. But in the trenches, you're getting, you know, you're getting pretty intense uh, in, engagement there, and you know, especially in the one-on-one drills. The, the team drills, you know, probably aren't as valuable as kind of the individual work at the senior bowl. Because, you know, you're running kind of milk toast offense, defense schemes. You're not really trying to fool anybody. Everyone's just trying to get on the same page. Quarterbacks are throwing to receivers they really haven't thrown to before. But the linemen, you know, you're just trying to beat each other. And, and that's, that's pretty valuable. And for, for Fuaga, he's, this guy is 6'6", 330-something pounds. And he moves like a guy who's, you know, half that size, which is really impressive. And that's kind of what you look for is when you're a guy that big, can you deal with speed? And that's what I've been watching for. Um, and he looks good so far. Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma is really intriguing. Jordan Morgan out of Arizona is really intriguing. And so if, you're, if I'm the Saints and I'm looking at my, my offensive tackle situation with uncertainty at left tackle between Penning, maybe you bring back Pete, I don't know. Uh, and then uncertainty at right tackle with Ryan Ramchick, knee. you know, this is the opportunity that if I don't get an offensive tackle in this draft, I'm really disappointed about it and I need to know who my top targets are coming out. Well, not necessarily coming out of this weekend, but I want to have an idea of who I'm going to be targeting coming out of this weekend. And then you kind of go forward into the combine and everything else there. Talise Fuaga, and I'm not trying to be stupid when I say this, he looks like he could be dancing on us with this, uh, what's the name of it? Dancing with the stars, whatever the hell it is. Cause he's, he's very light on his feet. Very nimble, isn't he? Yeah. For, for, uh, for a guy, a six, six, three, thirty two something pound guy. I think the term would be dancing bear, right? You know, there you go. This moves around, and that's why you, know, you talk about, okay, why do you have such a hard time replacing your offensive tackle and finding offensive tackles? You just don't find – there's 300-pound, five guys that can move. There aren't that many of them on the planet. Like, they just don't exist. Mm-hmm. So when you find them, they go early in the draft. So you have to be prepared to go get these guys. That's why, like, people talk about Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead is probably a Hall of Famer. You got him in the third round, and that's rare. One of the reasons that's one of the best draft picks in Saints history is because it's so difficult to find Pro Bowl caliber left tackles outside of the first round. And so 
those those evaluations become really important. That's why the Saints feel like building through the lines is the best strategy. It's why you see these big edge rushers, these big the, the offensive linemen in the first round because that's where you can go get them, and that's what the Saints believe in. Uh, we did talk to Jeff Ireland yesterday, um, and one of the questions that I had for him was, you know, the Saints really prioritize big-bodied, strong, tall edge rusher prospects. But the problem is the last three you've drafted at the top of the draft, you're talking about guys who have played in, I added this up yesterday, 86 of 150 possible games between Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner, and Isaiah Foskey. Obviously, Isaiah's only been here one year. Peyton Turner's been here three. Marcus Davenport played five seasons. Now he's in, well, he, he was in Minnesota. He's a free agent again. But you're talking about half, half of the possible games they could have played. They were on the field for. And what he said. And those really set you back. That's a, that's two first round picks and a second round pick. It's actually three first round picks if you consider the pick you traded to go get Marcus Davenport. And so those are the picks that really set you back. And the question is, you know, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, we think we're scouting the right players and they can't get on the field. So where do you kind of match that up? Or do we need to change our scouting process? Is there something we're missing in the evaluation? Is it just bad luck? And I think that's where the Saints are really kind of honing in on how do we adjust this in terms of do you look for different prototypes? Do you maybe get a little smaller? Edge rushers coming out of college are getting a little smaller. There's only one prospect at the Senior Bowl that's six foot five. Everyone else is smaller. There's only one prospect that's over 264 pounds. Everyone else is smaller. So, you know, I think you're going to see the Saints maybe make some adjustments going forward in terms of some of the players they target mm-hmm. and maybe find a role for some speedier edge rushers and get a little faster on the edges. I know that's something that they've been trying to do the last two seasons, but you know, at the end of the day, there's really nothing you can do when guys get hurt. You know, it's, there's no indicator that says, well, this guy's an injury risk. And you know, like Peyton Turner, he had injuries in college. There were different injuries. Not like the injuries he has now. You draw a line to that and say, well, we should have seen this coming. Um, it's just frustrating. But at the same time, you, you have to get production out of those early picks, especially when you're spending them on the on, in the trenches, and they just haven't had that. So that's where I think the Saints need to really focus this, this offseason. Players that have a history, though, of, of getting hurt in college, and I'm using that word as opposed to injured, um, that play through a lot of different things, they get an extra check mark by their name? Yeah, I think there's something to be said for toughness, right? Like a guy like Cam Jordan, and that's, that's what makes it particularly <laughs> frustrating is you, you stand these guys up across from Cam Jordan, a guy who literally never misses a game. He's missed one game in his entire career due to injury. The other game he missed was due to COVID, and he was, you know, if you asked him, he'd be like, I could have played. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I, I think there is something to be said for that. But at the end of the day, like if you – tear ligaments in your foot right. and you need surgery there's no playing through that like that's not a toughness thing so you can't really grade that but yeah of course if, if you're a guy who you know the, just the kind of the desire to play the desire to get beyond the field the desire to play through some stuff that's definitely that's definitely valuable but yeah it's it's so difficult the nfl is a very physical game playing in the trenches you're always at risk to get your foot stepped on like that's Peyton Turner had an ankle injury uh, two years ago because he made a fourth down stop and he was getting up and celebrating and someone just stepped on his foot and he went down and it's like, that's just a freak injury that happens in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, this is, and that's kind of where you're looking at it and saying, okay, these interviews, you're kind of getting to know players a little bit more than just what you saw on film, especially some of these smaller school guys that, you know, yeah, they're dominating because they're playing lower level talent. 
So, you know, but what is really going on there? Or is it just kind of, you know, someone who's always been elite and is playing and going through the motions? Uh, That's what you learned this week, I think. When you see what goes on in a pit and you see the slow motion, it's amazing. Like somebody's not hurt every play. It really isn't. And then I guess it has to do with the flexibility and the stretching because a lot of time you see ankles that are rolled up on and it's like, I don't know how this guy's playing through it, but he does. Let me take a break. We'll come back. We'll pick it up. Saints seem to have a history with senior bowl players. We'll talk about that. And also Saints lost a member of the front office. We'll talk about how that's going to affect him. And also need a new offensive coordinator. No surprise. I don't think that Pete Carmichael wound up in Denver with Sean Payton, but we'll talk about that and more. Got any questions? Jeff Nowak spending some time with us for he heads out to practice at the senior bowl. 504-260-1870. Jeff, of course, a WWL sports contributor and St. Sideline reporter back in a flash. WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 927, Tommy Tucker back with Jeff Nowak, Saints sideline reporter, WWL personality, sports contributor, uh, man about town, bon vivant, whatever you want to call him. He's at the <laughs> Senior Bowl um, and getting ready to go out to practice, but he's spending some time with us. Tell me about who, the Saints front office. Who'd they lose, and how is that going to affect things? Yeah, so Cody Rager is the assistant scouting director. He's been with Jeff Ireland for a while. They go back to his days in Miami. He's actually, you know, ironically, he's an Alabama guy. He's not here. He didn't get to come home for the weekend. But, um, you know, he's followed Sean Payton out to Denver. Uh, I think he's been with the Saints since 2015. Obviously, he has a big role in that scouting department. It's a loss for them. But, you know, we, we talked to Jeff about it yesterday. They feel pretty confident they have, you know, guys who are going to be able to step up and fill that role. But, obviously, anytime you lose someone who's kind of a key member of that scouting department, it, it throws some things into flux, particularly this time of year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who they elevate, who they put into that role. But I think it's kind of business as usual for the Saints. I think Jeff said it's like they're not throwing up the white flag and think, oh, I guess we should just go home. Mm. Um, but, yeah, obviously that's, you know, Sean is just gradually – finding pieces that he used to work with and bringing him into the fold. Obviously, Pete Carmichael uh, is joining Sean's staff. I don't know what his role is going to be. Michael Lombardi 
uh, or no, just like Joe Lombardi is their offensive coordinator. So it'll be interesting to see what role probably senior offensive assistant, something like that uh, for Pete. But, you know, that's obviously that's a partnership that's, that's worked well for a long time. And, you know, we've kind of seen uh, Sean's staff kind of gradually start to look a lot more like Sean's staff. Um, so that's just kind of what you have. But, yeah, the Saints are looking for an offensive coordinator. Um, they're still interviewing. I think Luke Getze is the latest name that kind of cropped up former Bears offensive coordinator. Um, he's coming being for a second interview this week. He's an interesting name. He's another one of these guys that kind of fell off the, the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay tree mm-hmm. indirectly. Like he's the, he's a Matt LaFleur guy. And, you know, the interesting thing is they probably got to know him reasonably well last year because he was one of the coaches for one of the senior bowl teams. Ronald Curry was also here as an offensive coordinator on the other side. So, you know, there's all these connections. But, yeah, Luke Getze is the, the latest name uh, that I think the Saints are looking at. What's he known for, Jeff? What would we look for, uh, what he would bring to the Saints as an offensive coordinator? Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it's interesting because you look at it and you say, okay, Justin Fields is a completely different type of quarterback than Derek Carr mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, as a guy who likes to run around, you have to kind of work your offense around that. And I don't know if he ever, if they ever really figured it out completely. Um but, you know, it's, I think the Saints, there's things you want to change, but there's things you don't want to change, right? You want to get a guy who's going to come in and be heavy play action, you know, misdirection, find a way to use Alvin Kamara, get him out of space. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that I, that I you kind of need to figure out uh, independently of like, okay, this is what he did with the Bears, but what are his philosophies? So, you know, if, you know, he's a guy I probably needs to take a deeper dive into. This came out yesterday, so I haven't had a chance to really dive in fully on the Luke Getze offense. Um, but I, I just think that the Saints are in an interesting position because there's, it's not like you're rebuilding. You, you have all of your pieces, and you just need to find someone who, who matches that. And, and I think that's the challenge when you're looking at a lot of, a lot of names. You know, Brian Johnson is an RPO-heavy scheme. Uh, other guys who come from the Shanahan tree, like a Clint Kubiak, right, or a Brian Greasy. And so I think it's just kind of a question of what do you want your offense to look like? And, and that's what you're trying to determine right now. But you, you're in competition with – the Bucks with the Panthers, right? Both these teams are trying to hire offensive coordinators. The Bucks are kind of getting into that a little late because they lost Dave Canales last week, and the, and the Panthers are also getting into it late because they just hired an offensive coordinator. Um, Gerard Johnson, who's an interesting name, kind of fell off the board because he's choosing to stay with the Texans, and I think that's probably a disappointment for a lot of a lot of teams are very high on him. But you know, Dan Campbell was able to keep his offensive staff. He or uh, D'Amico Ryan's is able to keep his offensive staff over in Houston. So uh, th- this is kind of where you're at right now. And, and I think the Saints are just kind of fi- just have to figure out what they want to do uh, and go from there. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about that as you say that about what the interview would be like and, and the Saints not being in a rebuilding mode. So it would almost be, I guess, uh, Mickey Loomis, Dennis Allen sit down and say, OK, look, this is what we have. Tell me your ideas to make this offense more productive, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, like you can you can look at it and say this is what a coach did with this team, but it's really more about the philosophies and about how you can adapt to other to other systems. To what way? That's how, my question. How they can make get the most out of what they have with the Saints right now, correct? With the players, that's yes, what you mean? yes, because yeah. there's there's stuff you can change, but there's stuff you can't change, right? Because you're you're going to have Derek Carr as your quarterback. You're going to have these young receivers as your as your core offensive playmakers. Right? You can add pieces. You can adjust. But you can't rebuild the entire thing from scratch. And the question is how, how this coach can meld into that 
to that group and, and make it work. I would because like to see think, a guy get, get a dry erase marker, step up to the board and say, let me show you, this is what we need to do. We need to get some motion going here. We need to get different looks going here. That kind of thing? Yeah, but it's also, you know, you've got to be able to work with these with these specific players. You've got to be able to lead that room in a way that you wouldn't have to when Sean was here. Mm-hmm. And that's probably, that was probably my biggest question for Pete Carmichael is how well did he lead that room and, and, and how was he able to kind of keep, <clears throat> excuse me, keep everything on the right path and, and keep everyone pulling in the same direction. And I have questions about how that went at times on the offensive side of the ball. You know, there's been some drama, uh, social media and all that. You know, we could talk about that all day if we wanted to. Um, but, you know, that's, that's kind of one of my questions is, you know, can this guy lead a room and then how do you build from there? Um, and that's what this interview process is so valuable for. That's why you're bringing in certain guys for second interviews, kind of expanding that process. You know, the, one of the complications, obviously, is the 49ers are still playing uh, in the Super Bowl. So, obviously, that limits your ability to kind of schedule anything if you want to follow up with Clint Kubiak or Brian Greasy, guys like that. Um, but it's, it's all coming. I, I would expect to hire in the next, I don't know, week or so. What, what, I don't think this process is going to drag out much longer. Um, just because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, impetus behind you know the, when the other teams in your division are interviewing the same guys you're interviewing, I think that kind of ramps up your process uh, a little bit. Ronald Curry's name still being mentioned? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's in this conversation. Um, I I don't know how you know it, it's tough because typically you say oh this guy's coming in for a second interview. Well, they don't really need to you know worry too much about getting Ronald Curry in the building to ask him questions mm-hmm. uh, and kind of expand that process. But I do think he has to be a serious candidate, and I and I think if the Saints don't hire him as their offensive coordinator, then they are going to have to be prepared for him to get hired mm-hmm. somewhere else and find a new quarterback coach. Because right. that's going to happen eventually, whether it happens this year or next year or, or however long. This guy's going to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. <laughs> so to me, that's that's a question: is like, okay, do you want him to be your offensive coordinator, or do you want him to be someone else's offensive coordinator? Because it's going to look really, really questionable if. For example, you hire someone, it doesn't work out, he goes somewhere else, and, and suddenly he becomes this new hot head coach name because the offense flourishes under a guy that you that you developed and then chose to go a different direction uh, on the offense. So I think that's a serious question that this team has to grapple with. And I, I, mean, I would have no issue with them, with them promoting Ronald Curry. I just think there is a lot of, a lot of uh, momentum behind this idea that you need to change things and staying in-house would be a sign that, no, you're just trying to continue this kind of extension of the Sean Payton era that hasn't really been effective. Uh, and I understand that. Uh, but now this is this, this is what the conversations you're having in the building right now. I got to ask you, what does taking leadership of that room look like? Uh, yeah, it can, it can be a lot of different things. But, you know, it, it's, it, it's tough because you're not having – Is it about confidence? Is it about confidence? Is it about – leadership how, how do you do that that's what i'm wondering yeah there's a lot of different ways there's a lot of different ways you can do it some are effective some aren't and, and that's kind of the question because you're not exactly it's not like you're having these guys sit down with the players and interview with the players mm-hmm. and, and kind of see okay how do these guys meld you're, you're guessing a little bit um but that's you're, you're interviewing you're going and you're asking you know former coaches former associates stuff like that and then you're getting that picture but it, it's really it's tough you'd love to be able to say okay you got to be a b and c and if you can do these things you can be a successful head coach there's a lot of guesswork involved. There's a lot of, you know, kind of institutional understanding. And that's why I think the Saints kind of stick to kind of their core beliefs and, and go with that. 
but then you have to be able to be willing to adjust and, and evolve uh, in certain ways. And, and that's where I think when we do figure out whatever hire this is, it's going to be a really good indicator of how are the Saints trying to evolve their offense? How are they trying to change things? Are they trying to stick with a lot of what they've done? Or are they trying to bring in a new system? You know, and, and how does that guy work with a Derek Carr? I asked Nicky Loomis about this. And, you know, it, it's you can't hire someone and ignore the fact that, like, this guy has to be compatible with Derek Carr in some way. It has to be, it has to be compatible with the people in the building. And, and that's something that, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of guesswork. It's a lot of kind of just understanding people. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's a tough question to answer because I don't know if there is a specific set of parameters that you're looking for that say, okay, this guy can be successful, this guy can't. Does One way or the sense? other, you got to get him to buy into what you're selling, right? Yes. Yeah, and I think people can see through kind of the, the fake yay, rah, rah. Like, you want someone who, who genuinely cares about the people he's coaching with, and, and I think that that's, just something you have to kind of learn as you go. Jeff, go to practice. Get yourself some winter sun. <laughs> all right, Tommy. Thank you. We'll, we talk out. to you again. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Noak, WWL Saints sideline reporter over at um, at the Senior Bowl right now. We're gonna take a break. We'll get back. We're gonna talk about something going on at the historic New Orleans collection, uh, a symposium about the history of newspapers in New Orleans, and I found this interesting because. I may or may not be old enough to remember when the state's item would come out with a green page. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.